0: I've got a bold, forthright, blunt question I want to ask you. You ready? Oh, I'm Craig, by the way. <laughs> this is Illuminated Soul. It's good to be with you again. The question is this. Are you holding a grudge? Do you bear a grudge against someone or maybe, maybe a group of people? Maybe even God or yourself? Are you and I holding a grudge right now? Dr. Rachel O'Neill, a licensed professional clinical counselor in Ohio, states there are psychological conditions that can result from excessive grudge holding. When you can end up stuck in a grudge, anxiety, heightened stress, or depression are common conditions that can manifest. So, when I'm personally dealing with, or I'm talking with someone who is dealing with anxiety, heightened stress, or depression... A question I like to toss their way is just that. Could you be holding a grudge? And you know what's wild? Grudges have a weird ability to inspire us to keep them as pets. Let's get real. A grudge feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. Just like self-pity, right? Leanne Moriarty wrote in her book, Big Little Lies, they say it's good to let your grudges go, but I don't know, I'm quite fond of my grudge. I tend it like a little pet. I know. They can become companions. We feel justified to have them in our company. They've they vindicate us, protect us from being hurt even further. At least that's what we believe. We can feel about grudges that they are for us, not against us. How untrue that really is, right? And it's amazing To me, how stealthy grudges can be. They're like little weeds that quietly spread across the lawn overnight or somehow inexplicably show up one day in a crack on a sidewalk. You're like, how did you get there? Why are you there? Why do you even want to be there? (laughs) The dictionary defines grudge as a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. That's an important definition to know because what that tells you and me is a grudge anchors us in the past and makes it very hard to live in the present moment. Grudges are also often tied to expectations that have gone unmet. We expect a specific response from someone, an action that hopefully favors us, but it doesn't happen. With grudges come feelings of resentment, bitterness, envy, anger, and vengeance, even rage. I had to, personal example, just just the other day, I I turned to my wife, Christine, and I said, oh, my goodness, I need to forgive this guy. And I thought I did, and I did. There's decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. We've talked about that. But I realized I was holding a grudge against him because he didn't respond in a specific way that that I wanted him to respond. I had a specific expectation of him responding. Now, he did respond, which was great, but he didn't do it the way I wanted him to do it. And boom, <clears throat> right there, excuse me, a little grudge popped up and it took a while. I'm talking weeks for me to notice it. I'm like, wow, this is a grudge. It just happens like that. A grudge can indicate that a boundary was crossed by the offending party. You know, you were wronged and the grudge that pops up indicates that. That's normal. That's helpful. You know, and it, it it's helpful to see uh, the grudge As just that, it's an indicator that we have been hurt. That our hearts also need to be examined. And honest communication with ourselves and the party involved, if possible, would be wise for the sake of reconciliation and healing. Why was I hurt? Why did that hurt me? Why did I let that hurt or offend me? And why and what am I holding against this other human being? You know, not holding grudges was and is a big thing to god <laughs> i kind of i kind of have a feeling you already knew that we read in leviticus 19:18 you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people but you shall love your neighbor as yourself i am the lord and in hebrew to bear a grudge means to cherish anger figuratively It means to cherish anger. Wow. Now, that definition makes a big difference. I don't want to cherish anger, do you? When you and I have a choice to hold a grudge, what I picture happening is the enemy coming up to you and me with a sly grin on his face and placing a slimy, putrid, fly-infested grudge into our arms as he convinces us it's actually a warm, loving, harmless pet. Now, if we could actually see a grudge like that, we would not for a moment embrace it. But sometimes we do. I know I can. I hold it to my chest, you know. I love him, pet him, squeeze him, and call him George, that kind of a thing. Letting it reassure me, vindicate me, validate me. But as I believe this little pet grudge is actually cherishing me, what I'm doing in return is cherishing anger. There's no pet there. (laughs) There's just anger. Unresolved issue. I'm reserving that anger. Holding a grudge stores up anger. Do you think that would have a negative effect on you and me? Of course it would. And that retention, the cherishing of that anger invites rancidity. There's a type of decomposition of our own souls that takes place when we cherish anger. Because as we're cherishing anger, picture we're holding that. And therefore, it's hard to hold the Spirit's constant life-giving and creative response to our temptation to hold a grudge, resentment, bitterness, or just plain hatred. I like how direct and practical Peter is regarding this. In 1 Peter 2.1, he writes, So be done with every trace of wickedness, and all deceit, and insincerity, and grudges and slander and evil speaking of every kind. You know what I love about that? He just says, be done with it. You know, I'm not saying it's easy, but I love how he's highlighting. It's our choice. If you and I are holding a grudge, it's because we chose to. And as quickly as we choose to hold a grudge, we can also be done with that grudge. I love how practical Peter is. Just be done with it. American poet essayist Chris Jamie wrote Grudges are for those who insist that they are owed something. Wow. Forgiveness, however, is for those who are substantial enough to move on. You are substantial enough in Christ to move on. Right? We're not victims. We're investigators. You'll hear me say that a lot on this podcast. And what can help us let go of a grudge is realizing that everything that happens to us in life is first and foremost to reveal what God wants to transform and heal within you and me. This understanding lets us view the grudge, in this case, as an indicator or clue as to what type of darkness God longs to illuminate in our hearts, our way of thinking and responding to life's injustices. What intrigues me is the reality that holding a grudge is a choice. I already touched on that regarding what Peter said. Just be done away with it. This means we have the power to choose to hold one or not. Psychotherapist Nancy Collier writes, Grudges come with an identity. Pay attention to that. I'll say that again. Grudges come with an identity. She's right, and she goes on to say, with our grudge intact, we know who we are, a person who has been wronged. As much as we don't like it, there also exists a kind of rightness and strength in this identity. We have something that defines us, our anger and victimhood, which gives us a sense of solidness and purpose. And I would add it's, it's because it's attached to our ego self, right? Our, our self-serving, self-promoting self serving self promoting self then she goes on we have definition and a grievance that carries weight to let go of our grudge we have to be willing to let go of our identity as the wronged one and whatever strength solidity or possible sympathy and understanding we receive through that wronged identity we want to let that go wow i love how real that is and if i'm honest it's like yeah I identify with that, that grudge that I had against that guy. I could totally identify with, I'm, this is an injustice. I'm the wronged one, right? And there's some helpful questions we can ask ourselves. Uh, you know, when we're experiencing, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the anxiety, the the resentment, the depression, and we're we're not quite sure why we have these patterns as of late, then that's a great time to to ponder, am I holding a grudge and to ask further questions? What wrong do I perceive was done to me? What emotions are attached to this grudge? What do I really want to see happen? Why do I think holding this grudge is beneficial? Hmm. And is there any forgiveness I can extend or receive from a particular person, including myself? And finally, and I, I always ask this question, what am I afraid of? That's, to me, one of the most helpful questions we can ask ourselves, especially when we're emotionally overwhelmed. As Donald Hicks writes, at the heart of all anger, all grudges, and all resentment, you'll always find a fear that hopes to stay anonymous. So I pray for the grace for you and me. God, give us the grace To do what Peter exhorted us to do and be done away with grudges. You in Christ are way more substantial than being someone who tends to a grudge like a little pet. (laughs) Right? We don't need that. Uh, It's always good to be with you. And if you don't mind, could you spread the word about this podcast, Illuminated Soul? And uh, all the other faith-based podcasts you'll find at accessmore.com. There's actually a new app now, Access More app, and you have it all right there. You can catch up on all the episodes. It's free. You just got to dive in. All right? Check it out. Access More. I'm Craig. This is Illuminated Soul.